Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more, because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guests are Carolyn and Jack Salmon. They are founding members of Quimper Village. They have been retirees for over 20 years and they have lived in a variety of housing types over their 50 years of marriage. And they find at this time in their lives, senior co-housing is meeting their needs and it provides a full and comfortable life. And their adult children are really happy they are in senior co-housing community, in a senior co-housing community. So welcome to the show, Carolyn and Jack. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. And looking forward to this conversation. And what we're going to talk about today is, you guessed it, folks, we're going to talk about senior co-housing. So I'm just going to jump right in, and um, if you can tell us, what is senior co-housing? We'll start off there. Well, senior co-housing is an intentional community that is uh, initially designed and developed by the folks who are planning to live there. Uh, Obviously, it's for seniors in this case. There is intergenerational co-housing, but uh, like in the rest of life, some folks like to live with seniors. Okay. And how did the two of you get involved in senior co-housing? Well, locally, a friend and her husband decided that it was uh, time for them to look for some other kind of living situation uh, than what they had at that time. And she did some research and discovered senior co-housing. Well, she was so excited about this that she, of course, told all of her friends. And eventually, she and her husband gave a presentation at the local Unitarian Universalist uh, Fellowship. And uh, because we were friends, I knew about this, and we attended. And uh, that was the beginning. I went along with her to keep her from doing anything silly, like joining a co-housing group, for example. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why I'm here. <laughs> so you guys were hooked. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you walk me through the timeline from when you first learned about the senior co-housing from your friend Pat, I believe her name. We that's right. Mm-hmm. From Pat's presentation <laughs> to when you moved into your home and also did you build your own homes? Okay. Um Pat originally was doing this research in in early 2014, and in January, she and David did their presentation, Um, and 65 people came. Out of that, uh, 20 of us signed up for a 10-session workshop called uh, Study Group One, Aging Successfully, which was developed by an architect in California, Charles Durrett. And um, so... From that group in the spring of 2014, when we finished up, several of us looked at each other and considered our own living situations and what we were thinking about wanting to do differently. 
And we sat down together and nine of us said, let's go for it. Let's see if we can develop a senior co-housing community. So that was in uh, uh, the late spring, early summer of 2014. And with the nine folks that said, hey, yeah, let's do this, where were you all living at that point? What was your housing situation? Well, we lived in a uh, large retirement residential community about five miles outside of, of Port Townsend, where we live. And um, I could stand on my porch or look out my windows and see my neighbor's cars back out of their garages and drive away and then drive back and pull into the garage, and I never saw the neighbors. And I said to Jack, this just isn't <laughs> gonna be a good way to live as we get older. And he agreed with me. This, uh, he's, now he's much more of an introvert than I am, but even so, you need to be able to see your neighbors once in a while and talk to them, not just see their cars. So you lived in a, in a house? In a house, a single family house. And did most of, did the other eight folks also live in a house or? Uh, yes. Or apartment? They yeah, they did. Here in, in Port Townsend. Okay. Or around, in the Port Townsend surrounds. Okay. Now, when you um, all made this decision, um, do you build your own houses? Okay. Okay. Um, when a co-housing community is built by the group of people who plan to live there. So we started out with, out of the workshop, the nine of us started saying, well, we can't do nine of us. That's five households in this case. Uh, we obviously need more people to be with us. And so we started recruiting members and we started looking for land in the Port Townsend area that would be, we felt would be appropriate. Uh, fortunately, we found that land, and uh, it was uh, has turned out to have been a very good choice. So we gradually built a group of, um, you know, eventually 28 households of people who would live in here. It took us from spring of 2014 to the fall of 2017 to go through the process of building our community the people community, and then building the houses. And so that was almost a three, that was a little bit over a three-year process. And we, we planned, working with our architect, we, we planned the site, we developed design, and worked together on the design of the, of the buildings, and hired our contractor, and all, and now it's history. <laughs> Okay, that, yeah, I just wanted a little more um, steps in there, which you just provided. So you do not, in your case, for Quimper Village, you did not physically build your own houses. No. <laughs> With the hammer and the nail, you, no. um, you've um, created a group, you know, there were mm -hmm. nine founding members, households, and you um, discussed um, finding a piece of land, you found mm -hmm. the land, which you then had to have financing for, I would assume. So how did that work? Well, for the land, we actually um, put, our, put our own money in to make that happen. And then we put our money in to hire architects and engineers and all the other people you have to have to build the property. Then we went to the bank as, as a group. We had formed a, corp a non-profit, uh, not-for-profit corporation. 
and went to the bank and obtained construction financing, which was guaranteed by each of the households who were going to be part of this community. And with that money, we were able to pay for our construction. In other words, we were our own developers. We did not have a developer. Yeah. So you were your own developers and financiers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that normally how it works when somebody is um, considering a co-housing, senior co-housing community to start? For the most part, it is. Um, occasionally, a community will go outside their own membership and find additional financing. Um, you run into all kinds of legal things that you have to do to do it right, but um, well, and, which of course is one reason why you have an attorney on your team as one of your professionals. And um, but generally, yes, they are financed by the 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 people who are going to live there, and they get the 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 big the big money in the form of loans from uh, your local, generally a local bank. So Jack, um, do you get your money back? Well, what it, the, <laughs> the money you put into it became, in our case, became the down payment on our homes. Okay, that's what I wanted to know because right. at the nine, point, nine founding members funded it, but yeah. there's 28 buildings, so that means there's um, 19 other folks and they were buying their homes, so your money became like the purchase of your home. Yeah, yes, yes it did. Okay. Yeah, the money, you, we eventually all had 22% of the cost of the, the market price of our homes in the project when we started construction. As, as we added people to the group, we had them make capital contributions equivalent to what the rest of us already had in. Mm -hmm. and so we kept going that way. As the group kept going, we added more and more capital, and then we went to the bank for the financing of the remainder. Okay. So that, that gives us more of a foundation and explanation of how a senior co-housing community starts from the inception from that idea and how you move mm -hmm. through the steps. So besides living together in the community and helping each other, are there rules that you have to follow with a senior co-housing community? Are there rules in place? Well, we have what we call community agreements. No, you have to figure out how you're going to live together. And so we have an agreement on parking and um, how we were going to divide up or assign parking places. Uh, we have one on pets, which is pretty important to uh, many, many people. And um, to meet the needs of, of folks who have pets, we have a big dog run. That's part of our community. Um, we, we have in our common house, most co-housing communities have a common house, which is, I suppose if you looked at the parlance of, of most multifamily uh, communities, they'll call it a clubhouse, we call it our common house. And we have three guest rooms and bathrooms for, in that common house, so our, our members can have friends come visit and have a place to stay. And um, so we have an agreement on how we use the, the guest rooms. Carolyn? I'm gonna interrupt real quick. So on for the common house that has the three guest rooms and where the garages are and the dog run, all of this was um, probably thought of in advance as you were coming up with the plan and working with the architect? 
these yes. were things that were important to the founding members and members as they were coming on so that's how they're already in place oh absolutely yeah we planned this with the architect we planned the site we chose the buildings where they would go uh, how they would be arranged on the site all kinds of things like that and that's why you need the specialists the lawyers the architects and others we we are seniors we're not going to get up on the ladder and build <laughs> the houses ourselves so we had to raise a lot of money and organize the structure to get it done but we did all of that and it's built the way we wanted it well, I love the forethought that goes into it. I mean, the idea that the common house has three guest rooms is brilliant. And I like the conversation you and I had at another point where you said the garages are separated from your dwellings, which forces you to have to walk to get to your car. And we know walking is a great form of exercise. So that that's wonderful. And the dog run, that's brilliant. So, um, Walking has, another, walking has another advantage. It's a social activity because you're likely to encounter one or more of your neighbors on the way to and from the, the, the garages. Uh, and that, that's important. But what we didn't mention in the common house is the main part of the common house is a large room, which is a dining room, a meeting room, a, a, place, to, a place to watch movies, uh, a place to have parties and a very good kitchen because we have now one meal a week together uh, that is prepared by small teams of members and served to all the members who want to come for dinner that particular night. We did have three, but uh, the pandemic sort of knocked that in the head for a while, so we're, we're working back in that direction now. So normally um, you had three meals a week together right mm -hmm. now because of the pandemic. It's one and it will go back up to the three, hopefully. Well, we, we, we either have a meal on Friday or we have a social hour and then folks bring food and share it. That's better, yeah. Well, I mean, we teach EIF. Yeah, no, we don't still have jobs, although some of our members do still have jobs. Mm -hmm. and um, uh, but. Uh, you know, the end of the week is always a, a little celebration time. Well, Friday is always my favorite day of the week. I always, that was always my most favorite after working all week. So yeah, right. um, what else we were talking about rules, which you, um, you yeah, through those. Um, well, we have an agreement on how uh, people renting their unit. If for some reason they want to be away for an extended period and, uh, that want to be able to rent, uh, renew uh, to rent to rent it, and so we've worked out a, a community agreement that we've all agreed to on how that could be done. Um, we have what else? Workshop use. Workshop use. We have a woodworking shop. Smoking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Smoking. <laughs> Firearms. Some landscape rules, for instance. You can do what you want in your own front yard and backyard, but. Uh, community property has to be handled by the landscape team. So we said, no, we're not going to plant sequoias wherever you want to. It has to be somewhat controlled, but we're all on the board. So we all have to accept these rules. Okay. So when um, you talk about all of this, um, you must meet, I'm guessing, often to discuss the um, rules and um, 
does it feel like this has become a job for you because you're a <laughs> member or what about all of that? We do have what we call a general meeting that uh, all members, which is everybody who lives here, um, attend, hopefully. And in fact, they generally do. And we plan those meetings well in advance and, and you know, approach them as a business meeting. And, and that is where we make our, our big decisions. But we also have a lot of teams. A lot of communities might call these committees, but we chose the word team. And the teams have specific areas of responsibility, and they generally meet once a month or thereabouts what they need to for their particular activities. Um, the uh, meals team meets once a month. Uh, the newsletter team, the uh, what else? Buildings and grounds meets twice a month. They seem to like to get together, <laughs> but they have a lot of projects going on. And uh, I'm a team leader for our resales team, and we haven't met for quite a while because we have not had a unit that's coming up for sales, so we haven't needed to meet. So, so it depends, but and you know, some people are doing a lot more work than others, um, and, but that's okay. You have you have your your choice and your uh, ability to make decisions about how active you want to be in the community. But we do expect everyone to participate in some way in the life of the community and the work of the community. So we have a participation agreement too. <laughs> yeah. We also have the other kind of problem. We have a couple of people we have to tell them to stop occasionally because they're working all the time. <laughs> you're on, you're in retirement. Take a take a little um, nap today, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I'm teasing about the nap, but tell me, what is everyday life like at Quimper Village? Well, you get up in the morning, you have breakfast. <laughs> our, up. our neighbor gets up early. Mm -hmm. He goes down to the, the boxes where the, the paper person leaves the newspapers, and he brings our newspaper to us and leaves it on our front porch. After we read it, we give it to him, and he reads it. So that's just one of the little tiny things. Everyday life uh, depends on what's going on in the day. Um, we... I have to go clean the garage today <laughs> and uh, do, do a little work in the shop probably. Uh, we might have a meeting during the day sometime. Um, I imagine I will spend an hour or so on various front porches talking about things. Mm -hmm. uh, Carolyn went out to get the mail or went out, yeah, to get the mail this morning and had, what, three conversations? Three conversations on, yeah. on, on my way down and back <laughs> from the mailbox. <laughs> That's how we spend a lot of our time, talking to people. Good. And do you plan trips with each other? I mean, again, I know we're coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do, used to. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, we have some friends who've, uh, uh, couple of, of the women took a trip to Europe together and um, those kinds of things going on. We have, uh, we have friends come and visit or family come and visit and uh, there's a lot of that planning going on right now. Yeah. And you also shared with me, you know, you run errands for each other. So if somebody's doing the yeah. Costco run, 
they'll oh, let yeah. the neighborhood oh, yeah. know, and then you come back with a full box, full load, of, full car load. Oh yeah, the last time we went, I think I had stuff for five different people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we moved a little help to people. We're not a nursing home at all, but uh, we have some people who have a little mobility difficulty. We may drive them to a doctor's appointment, something like that. So a certain amount of that goes on. Mm -hmm. Well, what goes around comes around, but that's why you that's why we're here. created yeah. this community so you can lean on each other a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a general opinion of everybody you talk to on the front porch that there couldn't be a better place to spend the pandemic. <laughs> I've been to Quimper Village and it's a lovely development that you've put together. So I'm going to ask you one more question. So right now it's 2021 and this idea for your senior housing community started back in 2014, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is senior co-housing helping you age successfully. Oh yeah, I think so. I think it is. Jack? Well, I was going to say nobody likes taking this trip particularly because what's down at the end, but I can't think of a better way to make the trip mm -hmm. than to live in a place like this with a lot of fellow passengers. So, so with the layout of the homes, which I'm assuming they're all one story. They are all one story. story. So and are there grab bars or any wide hallways? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the entire the entire place does not have a single step. You don't have to raise a foot to go anywhere. Okay. And are there walk-in showers? Yes. Oh yes. Yep. Oh, yes. Like I said you don't have to raise a foot. Oh, you're right. True. Step anywhere. And but you know when your friend Pat was um, giving the presentation back in 2014, the mm -hmm. idea was the senior co-housing community was so that you can. Um, age in place successfully. So you feel that Quimper Village, because eight years ago when you started this, you were eight years younger. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, it's it's working for you. It seems to be working for, for all of us. You know, um, we've had we've had folks leave for various reasons and um, that's that's part of life. Yeah. That's to be expected. And um, I'm sure, and we've had members die, and that's part of life. That's yeah. what it is. So, um, well, for, for, our listeners, for our listeners, where would you tell them to start looking if they wanted to explore building a co-housing community in their neighborhood? What would be the well, I would, I would suggest two sources. One is the... Um, Co website for Cohousing USA, and their website is cohousing.org, and the website for Sage Cohousing Advocates, which advocates for senior cohousing. And again, their website is sagecohousingadvocates.org. Okay. And and by way of full disclosure, I am on the board of Sage Co-Housing Advocates. Okay, no problem. But people need to have a place to start. So if yeah, those are those are good, those are good starting points. Just just Google Senior Co-Housing, and you'll begin to find a variety of sources and um, connections to uh, 
other senior co-housing communities. There are 15 or 16 in, across the country that are completed and occupied, and um, on about that many that are in development at this point. Well, I think the information you have shared with us is invaluable. You two look great, you sound happy, and there's 27 other households that are um, probably reflecting the same, in, you know, what I see right here now. So I love okay. Quimper Village. I get your newsletter each month. Thank you for including me on that. And if there, unless you have anything else you want to share with our listeners right now, um, that concludes our podcast for today. Well, we'll be glad to add other folks to the uh, email list for the newsletter. And on occasion, we do do tours if you call in advance or contact us in advance. How can someone subscribe to your newsletter? Uh, go to our website, quimpervillage.com. Okay, which is for our listeners, Q-U-I-M-P-E-R village.com mm -hmm. okay great well thank you carolyn and jack for your um invaluable info and your time i greatly appreciate it thank you you, you have a wonderful day enjoy it's pretty out <laughs> bye, bye 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 listeners we'll talk to you next week bye.